0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, September 29th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has already been found by one federal court to be unconstitutionally structured. Oklahoma Attorney General Mike Hunter believes the agency should simply go away. We spoke this week. Why do you say that CFPB is uh, unconstitutionally structured? Clearly, you're agreeing with a, a court that's already found that to be basically the case. But uh, why do you see it that way?
1: And we've actually filed an amicus brief in that case to ensure that um, <clears throat> that decision is upheld and is, uh, is enforced. So putting one person in charge of a mammoth state agency, given that person almost – unbridled power over um, the monitoring and supervision of how banks interact with their customers, how financial institutions interact with their customers, is not democracy. It's a dictatorship. And giving that person the ability to decide what the budget of the CFPB is without there being advice and consent of Congress uh, undermines and violates separation of powers. Uh, one of the most fundamental elements of the Constitution is the power that Congress has—the power of the purse. So, let me
0: ask you this: relate as a related question. To whom is
1: CFPB accountable? Well, as far as I'm concerned, they're accountable to no one. the The only way that a CFPB director can can be Accountable is when he or she reaches the end of her term, uh, because while they serve, they they have to essentially violate a crime uh, in, in order to be subject to removal. So you know in stark contrast to the rest of the federal government, uh, which by and large serve at the pleasure of the president, it's again, it's as far as I'm concerned, it's a dictatorship embedded in a democracy. So you make a different argument also that the agency itself is uh, harmful
0: to the economy. I, I spoke with Todd Zwicky, uh a law professor, about this a long time ago, and we both sort of shared the complaint, I suppose, that one of the problems with CFPB is that they only have one job. Exactly. And there is no – there's no, there's nothing to balance that job.
1: Well, Professor Zawicki's uh, a real magnetic north here for a lot of us. The, the idea that you can detach – uh, the interests of consumers from the interests of the banks uh, with which they do business is is uh, just inconsistent with tradition. It also lacks effectiveness and utility because you're not able to simultaneously, which was the tradition in this country for centuries, evaluate the interests of banks and the interests of consumers and the interests of customers simultaneously and in a thoughtful a uh, utilitarian way, ensure that the interests of both were harmonized. And again, for centuries, that was a very workable, a very effective way for supervision to occur. Um, but now the CFPB's approach to their job isn't that you're innocent until proven guilty. As a financial institution, you're guilty.
0: When CFPB was crafted uh, as part of the Dodd-Frank financial reform legislation, it seemed like the the pitch was this agency will do good it will uh, achieve goals on behalf of consumers and it will not be the fact that it would not be accountable to Congress or in many ways
1: the president uh, was sold as a feature uh, and not a bug as far as I'm concerned it was a a solution in search of a problem again the idea that you can address part of a system, uh, part of the banking ecosystem by just uh, hyper-regulation, uh, hyper-paternalism that focuses only on customers and doesn't take into account the fact that banks have to have the ability, the wherewithal to serve those customers it is a bankrupt idea. Um, the impact of these rules, and you know, one of the big lies for a long time in Congress was that the CFPB rules and the, and the Dodd-Frank Act don't apply to community banks. Well, in fact, they do, and they have uh, effectively hamstrung the ability of community banks to serve their customers. And in a state like Oklahoma, where you've got well over 100 community banks that deal with the needs of small-town and rural America, it is an injustice, and it is an attack on the state's economy, which goes back to the remark I made that I represent the interests of Oklahoma writ large, both its businesses and its citizens.
0: Do you view the the fact that community banks have sort of in, in many ways been ensnared in a lot of this high-level uh, regulation that Dodd-Frank has created? Was that just an error in the legislation, perhaps an oversight and something that if For example, if you removed community banking from a lot of those regulations, would you be happy with the continued existence of CFPB?
1: Well, the approach was and continues to be one size fits all. The scale that the larger banks have, uh, the bandwidth that they have, allows them to deal with the burdens of overregulation, the CFPB. For a small bank, you don't have that luxury. And And so as a result, you have community banks either because of the burden and because the burden is causing them to be non-economic, they either shutter, or they're acquired by a larger bank, which may or may not decide to keep that location in a small town. But you're increasingly, again, with smaller banks, you move people away from customer service and into compliance. And for the life of me, I just don't see how that's good government. What do you expect uh, to be the result of this lawsuit? Well, The circuit decision essentially uh, essentially identifies those parts of the architecture of the CFPB, the CFPB that are inconsistent with the Constitution. So the ability of Congress, the obligation Congress has with every other federal agency to perform oversight, um, as well as to determine the budget and appropriations of an agency. I mean, those are all things that are central, To the relief that's being requested. Um, You know, I'd have to take a look, Caleb, at what else is involved here. Um, My memory is that there's also rationalizing of the uh, insulation that the director has from uh, being removed by the president. Um, I do have a point that I think increasingly needs to be addressed uh, by those who are reporting on the Equifax breach. So there's this uh, there's this chatter around the breach uh, to the effect that this is a justification for the CFPB. This is why the CFPB ne- CFPB needs not uh, fewer but more powers and more authority. Uh, that's just that's just utterly inconsistent with facts. The CFPB has been exercising sur- supervision over the credit rating agencies like Equifax for the last three or four years. And if you look at their website, they have trumpeted all the um, successes that they've had as a part of that supervision. And you will look in vain for any attention that they gave to data security, to the information that those companies hold uh, relative to consumers. So as far as I'm concerned, the one of the biggest failures in the near-term, in recent times, of the CFPB and the structure is they play gotcha, their focus is enforcement, their focus is notches on their regulatory pistol, um, not looking for synergies, not looking for ways to help the institutions that they supervise serve customers. Do you think with respect
0: to uh, this Equifax breach, which, of course, it, it's vast and Equifax has not particularly handled it very well, do you think the solution here in lieu of a CFPB-type
1: organization is torts? Well, my preference is uh, to avoid the courtroom whenever possible and to try to try to make change by policy, uh, not by lawsuits and litigation. But I and beginning to conclude based on the research and data information that we have gathered that Equifax is accountable in a mammoth way uh, to taxpayers around the country and i uh, we are looking very hard at holding Equ- Equifax accountable for the present and future damages that are going to occur uh, to citizens as a result of of the breach. And for the life of me, it's inexcusable for a company's core mission to be to protect data, to make sure that data is accurate, verifiable, and that it's protected. And to fail at that very core fundamental element of your business is just inexcusable. And it's, it's hard for me to understand um, how a company could fail so miserably. But back back to your question, we're looking carefully at, at um, the responsibility we have to litigate on behalf of the citizens of the state of Oklahoma. Do you believe that? Will you be bringing a lawsuit against Equifax in the calendar year? Or We are evaluating whether or not that's in the best interest of, of uh, taxpayers back in Oklahoma. All right. Um, where
0: is the administration on CFPB? I know that that one of the biggest applause lines that uh, Donald Trump received on the campaign trail was getting rid of Dodd-Frank, and there there did seem to be an appreciation for the fact that uh, CFPB had done a lot to hamstring a lot of uh, community lending.
1: Well, in a perfect world, as I said, um, you wouldn't have to approach changes in policy, um, approach unconstitutional um, actions on the part of policymakers by litigation, but sometimes That's your only option. I mean, I would be fine with Congress rolling up their sleeves and fixing uh, what is broken and or doesn't make sense in Dodd-Frank and keeping what they got right. So that would be, you know, obviously that's, as I said, uh, policymakers making these decisions is always my preference. But with the gridlock in Congress, uh, I have to say I'm not very optimistic that we're going to see policy around Dodd-Frank.
0: Mike Hunter is the Attorney General of Oklahoma. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily podcast at iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.